Lighthouse Live is pre-recorded before a live audience. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. So good to have you with us, whether you're listening across the international worldwide web via your browser or uh, uh, an iPod, we uh, welcome you, or listening to the radio broadcast waves as well. Great to have you with us. You're at Lighthouse Live and Advancing Vibrant Communities. Of course, our uh, cast of characters here and uh, <laughs> our uh, prayer intercessor, of course, the uh, inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, my co-host and Producer Elaine Harland and uh, the enforcer Big John here yes. as well tonight. Uh, watching, <laughs> we, we need that, don't we? <laughs> watching the, the doorways. And hard, hard to believe we're uh, already in March. Isn't uh, it just where amazing, is this year going already? An amazing yes. thing. And, uh, of course, many of you uh, may be joining us. Uh, as uh, as this broadcast is uh, going out over the airways at the ACMC conference yes. at uh, Big Valley Grace. And uh, we so much appreciate the opportunity for advancing vibrant communities to be part of that Indeed. as we join forces with ACMC to encourage people to reach out beyond, beyond the four walls of their homes and their churches to personally touch the needs of others, whether it's uh, down at the end of the block or a world away. Or at the end of your nose, you know. Uh, or the end of your nose. That, that'll work, too. By the way, friends, just a reminder, if you'd like to find out what's uh, happening with Advancing Vibrant Communities and find out about new opportunities to serve, you can log into our website at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Click the Daily Update page, and uh, we update that a couple times a day, and there's an opportunity there for you to uh, find out where you might be able to uh, get a connection to serve the uh, needs of others in the name of Christ. And just a reminder, if you'd like to uh, get a hold of us by telephone, you can give us a call at 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. And, Elaine, we were talking uh, just a minute about the international scene. Mm -hmm. Let's check in very quickly now with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. The Voice of the Martyrs presents The Overcomers. Persecuted Christians in Sudan see a ray of hope as the country's new constitution grants them more rights. July 6th marked a historic day in Sudan, a country ravaged with civil war and religious violence. Sudan's National Assembly passed a new constitution, stepping back from full Islamic rule. The country's civil war, involving oil rights and racial and religious differences between southern Sudan and the Muslim-controlled government in the north, divided the country and left thousands dead. Under the new constitution, Islam is recognized as the majority religion, but notes the place of Christianity and traditional religions. Praise God for Sudan's new constitution. Pray Christians in Sudan will continue to persevere and bring Christ healing to the country. Call 888-477-0085 to learn about the Voice of the Martyrs' work with those who suffer for Christ and ways you can help. 
or log on to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Again, Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with Elaine Harlan. And, uh, Elaine, you know, I think uh, everyone, as, as they uh, move along their, uh, their trail, their road that God has led them on, runs across this principle that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for oh, us. Yes. And, you know, that's why we reach out beyond the four walls of our homes and our churches to touch the needs of others so that they can get that message as well. And a little bit later on in uh, not too uh, distant future here, on tonight's broadcast, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, a, a man that I've, I've just come to love, and uh, as, as I've heard his story and been able to uh, log a little bit of time with him from time to time, Darwin Benjamin, and uh, what, what a dynamic story about how Christ just transforms lives, and, and you know, we throw around Romans eight twenty eight a lot, and, and sometimes I think a little too lightly, but you know it's true. It is I very mean, true. God can just take circumstances and do amazing things that uh, we would never, ever even conceive of. We'll be talking to Darwin a little bit later on tonight. And uh, let's uh, take a we took a look at the international scene. Let's take a look at what's happening nationally right now. Of course, uh, the Supreme Court has a uh, a slightly new look now, and they're revisiting a lot of issues that have been around a long time. One of those issues is partial birth abortion. And uh, Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute have something to say about that, as they are now involved with an amicus brief in uh, what the Supreme Court is looking at in that venue. Let's check in now with Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. For the first time since the year 2000, the Supreme Court will again be considering the constitutionality of partial birth abortions. After a Nebraska ban on the procedure was struck down, Congress passed a federal law banning this barbaric procedure in 2003. After President Bush signed the bill, three federal courts ruled the ban unconstitutional. The first of these regional rulings is now being appealed to the newly composed High Court. The Pacific Justice Institute is continuing its battle on this issue by filing an amicus brief urging the Supreme Court to restore protection for the most vulnerable of all our citizens, the unborn. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And just a reminder, friends, uh, Dynamite website there, www.pacificjustice.org. In fact, you can get the same press releases that they send out to the media by uh, logging onto their website and giving them your email address. And if you want to call them toll-free, one 305 9129 That's Pacific Justice Institute, one 305 9129 and, uh, Lane, couple new opportunities to serve in our area. We do, and we have an announcement, Mike, we want to pass along to our friends for the Youth for Christ of the Central Valley. They need to let you know that its 19th annual Spring Banquet has been rescheduled for Thursday night, April 6th. And uh, we want to let you know that you can call the YFC office at 209, area code 522-9568 for more information or to reserve your seats for Thursday night again, April 6th at 6 p.m. at Bethel Church in Modesto. And again, that phone number is area code 209-522-9568 
for Thursday night, April 6th at Bethel Church in Modesto. And that's for our good friends at Youth for Christ. So get yourself uh, all reserved for that. We do have some opportunities for our friends from the United Way. Their Linda Hand list. The National Multiple Sclerosis Society. I have to be real careful when I say words like that. You know, it can get real, <laughs> real kind of funny there. They're having their annual MS Walk, which we, which features two mile and five mile, uh, walks. And these fun events, uh, are raising awareness and funds for research toward a cure. What and a great opportunity. It is awesome for thing. people with uh, MS right here in our community. Now, the Modesto event is going to be held on Saturday, April 8th at the Davis Community Park. And the Merced event is going to be held on Saturday, April 1st at the Merced College. Now, volunteers of all ages are needed to set up the course, to run the registration tables, and kind of host the rest stops and serve up refreshments and, and drinks and, and make sure that they stay stay well hydrated. To drive support vehicles, kind of cheer and support the participants on the walk, a staff first aid booth, photograph the event, and clean up. They need licensed ham radio operators. Hey. Yay, that's where you, you can fit in. There. November 6th, X-Ray, X-Ray, X-ray Mike, uh, right here. Yeah. <laughs> and they will provide that radio communications at the event, and individuals and groups may also join in on the fun to collect pledges and walk for a cure at the MS Walk. So we hope that you'll think about that and pray about getting involved in that. The YMCA of Stanislaw County has their YMCA Healthy Kids Day to put play in your day. And that's, uh, again, on Saturday, April 8th from 9 to 1. And this is hosted at more than 1,200 YMCAs across the nation to showcase the multitude of healthy and engaging programs offered for kids. This is a great, a great organization as well. They're going to have lots of fun uh, times, including train rides, bounce houses, and a community information fair, which should be real interesting. Plus, uh, the One Mile Family Fun Walk. Lots of walking going on. Have you noticed that? That's a good uh, thing. Just a very good thing. So volunteers are needed prior to the event to prepare goodie bags and uh, the day of the event to set up tear down and all those kinds of things so you might want to consider helping out with that and then again our friends at Habitat for Humanity of Stanislaw County we just love them and Amen. and love partnering with them and and you can help low income families this is what they do build their dream of home ownership and uh, what they do is they provide sweat equity and benefit from no-interest loans to purchase those homes. And you know, this is that is great, so important because it gives people a dignified way mm-hmm. with self-esteem Amen. to be able to participate in the process, yes. you know, of, of getting their own home. You, you Absolutely incredible. And, you know, the Restore, Mike, and, and I love the way they put this the other night at the, the uh, awards uh, dinner that they had, um, the West Side Home Depot is the yeah. Restore. Isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> but you can go on yeah. what you purchase from there. You can get great, uh, great deals on, and it all goes to benefit Habitat for Amen. Humanity. So uh, we just encourage you to check out some of these items. And if you have any questions or you want to know more, please feel free to call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, 209-524-1307, extension 113. She'll be happy to uh, talk to you and answer any questions that you have. And, and we also have lots of opportunities for you on our website. Click on to the little red flashing daily update portion of our website, and it'll take you to lots of new opportunities to serve and some of the things that we've been working on, and, and we're just excited about what's going on at AVC. We have 895 volunteers Almost now. 900 Isn't volunteers cool? registered with us, oh, and just, just a reminder, that website is www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. And by the way, if you're in the uh, Central Valley here, especially in Stanislaw County, 
we very much need fix-it people. Yes. I mean, uh, Gentleman John over here is doing a great <laughs> job, you know, but he can't be everywhere doing everything. And if you have some skills in, you know, fixing leaky faucets or, or patching holes in, in uh, sheetrock, you know, whatever it might be, you know, there are a lot of elderly and disabled people mm-hmm. in our area that cannot afford those services. They're incapable of doing it themselves, and we just need some some good craftspeople who can come in and, and help make some of those repairs. And that would put a huge smile on Big John's face over there, wouldn't he? He's a big smile. He and uh, yeah. you, you can give us a call <laughs> if you can help with that at 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. He was signaling us to uh, mention the, the appliance repair uh, we could use volunteers with that too. If you're skilled in fixing washing machines or whatever, John could really uh, use. I'm your skilled in breaking them, but uh, that doesn't that's count. That's why does John. It? That's why we need so John. Busy. Yeah. John doesn't let me near the appliances here at ABC. Yeah. Well, friends, we told you that you're in for a treat tonight, and I'll tell you, we are so excited to have with us a brother who shares openly and has given so much of himself. His story will just touch your heart. He has a powerful testimony, and I say powerful in, in every sense of the word, and he'll, he'll, he'll expound on that a little bit. But Brother Darwin Benjamin, welcome to Lighthouse Live. Thank you very much. Great we just to have you with so us. So appreciate you. you coming. You know, you uh, appeared on television uh, recently. You uh, travel and you speak uh, to various groups, including lots of schools. And uh, if you would just share with us, he's our... good at breaking things too. Well, you know, not that he can, about not that. that he can fix them too. We'll yeah, have to I talk to him about that. <laughs> Darwin, would you just share with our listeners how God has touched down in your life and has given you a, a tremendous victory in several areas? Well, I'd be honored to. Uh... It is a privilege to be able even to be here standing before you guys uh, to share this. And uh, it started with, you know, I grew up in Compton and in Inglewood, California. I had uh, came from a two-family home. I had an uh, older brother and a younger brother. And I had uh, witnessed my dad getting beat up in the Watts riot. Mm. And uh, my dad loved us enough that he didn't want us growing up in that type of environment in the 60s. Mm. So my dad decided to take us out of there and move us to Inglewood. Now, my daddy was a very short military man. He had a short man's complex, didn't say a whole lot, and he was small in stature. But, boy, he could pack a wallop. <laughs> and uh, he had three rules. And the first rule was, he says, boys, this is my house. If you don't like the rules to my house, I'll pack your bags, whoop your behind, and I'll throw you out the door. <laughs> Rule number two, this is talking about honoring your mother and father. Mm, yes. He says, this is my wife. He said, if you ever raise your voice or raise your hands and hit my wife, which is your mom, he says, I will pack your bags, whoop your behind, and throw you out the door. And rule number three, he said, the time's going to come when you're going to grow up, you're going to lift weights, you're going to take martial arts, you're going to get cocky, you're going to think that you can take me out, you're going to challenge my authority. He says, it's going to happen, but I want to prepare you in advance. You better let me win. Because if you don't, when you're asleep, I'm going to pack your bag, look you behind, and throw you out the door. And so my dad instilled in us at a very young age that discipline and how to honor your mother and your father while you're in their house. Mm. And so my dad, uh, when he moved us out of the uh, Compton area, we saw a lot of black-on-black crimes. It was very pretty violent. And uh, my dad moved us to Inglewood in the uh, 70s, little late 60s, early 70s. And... Uh, 
But we didn't really tell the difference other than the outside colors of people's skin. Mm. Now, my parents never taught us to be racial. He said, you know what? You'll see different people with different colors on their skin, but remember this. They all got red blood on the inside. Amen. And yeah. so uh, we got to Inglewood. I'll never forget that we were one of uh, one other family on the block of 8711 3rd Avenue, Inglewood. And every white person came out as we pulled up in our U-Haul unloading our furniture, and they stared at us. Mm. And like I said on the TV station, they stared at us so hard that I almost became white. That's how scared <laughs> I got. So I said, like, Daddy, I don't know if this was a good idea. Now, my oldest brother, my oldest brother has some tough times. It's always the first one that goes through all the hard knocks and you should learn. So he made some decisions that weren't very popular and I'll never forget going to, in high school, going to Morningside High School, and I signed my name on the orientation board. Now, all during this time, my parents took us to church, okay? But the difference was, it wasn't because we were volunteering or we were in love with Jesus. I felt like my dad was punishing us to go to church because his parents made him go to church. So, you know, he had to pour it down on us. So I signed this, my name on the board of orientation in high school, and a teacher looked at my name and just began to cry. And that hurt me. I was like, okay, what's this all about? My brother's reputation wasn't that good in high school, so I decided to go to the all-white high school. Now, in the 70s, they started integrating the schools. They would take 10% of the blacks and put them in a white and put 10% of the white into the black. But because I had an oldest brother, I got to choose which one, so I chose to go to Inglewood. And I'll never forget getting on the bus, got there, got off on the bus, and I saw some of the biggest, tallest, cowboy-wearing hats, snuff-chewing white boys <laughs> i ever seen before in my life. And uh, my greatest fear came upon me, and they asked me, they go, hey, boy, hey, boy, you going to go here? And I'm like, oh, they're going to lynch me. It's all over. But I remember how I used to fight my brothers and how we used to survive. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go here. Now, then I had nice long hair. We used to take a straight comb and put little curls in it and wear little rollers like we were girls. That. Okay. I remember that. Well, when that guy said that, when I said, yeah, I'm going to go here, my greatest fear came upon me again. He goes, yeah, boys, round them up. We got one. And girl, every curl I had in my hair became nappy. They call them BB Kings now. And I was scared to death. And so then I went ahead to Inglewood, and I was trying to find my identity. I was trying to find what it is that I could fit in, because I was a very small young man, made fun of at a very young age. Mm. And uh, I decided to go out for athletics. And the uh, first time I ever touched a football, I ran for a touchdown. Second time I touched the football, I ran for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, I noticed Inglewood, who hadn't won a game almost in three years. And as a sophomore, I played varsity football. Mm -hmm. uh, my color didn't seem to matter anymore. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then my name started winding up in the papers. It was Darwin the Dart, the roadrunner Benjamin. He scores again, and Inglewood wins, and everybody goes into shock. I think the first time that we, uh, when Varsity, we won a game, it was away playing Culver City. I think we maybe had 50 people. And when the game ended, people were like, we won? <laughs> we, we, we won? And so we went ahead, and, 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 and again, as we progressed to win, uh, succeed athletic-wise, my name being in the paper, the respect started to come, the fame, the notoriety. I really was enjoying it. I felt mm -hmm. like I was the mayor of Inglewood. Mm -hmm. And then the thing about it was Inglewood was really so excited about winning that they forgot about me as a person. Mm. Yeah. And so I was recruited by 52 major colleges such wow. as USC, UCLA. I mean, I could have went anywhere I wanted. My parents couldn't afford it. But because I didn't take care of my education, 
that all the schools rejected me except for the University Pacific. And I went in on an academic probation scholarship. And wow. UOP was well known for academics. So that was an honor and privilege. In fact, I'm the first person in our family outside my dad to ever go to a, a university. Mm-hmm. So I got there and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the notoriety. I'm looking for the papers that come. And here comes Darwin, that premier running back. But there was something different about the atmosphere here. They felt that northern ball players were better than southern California ball players. Listen, I played ball because I enjoyed it, and I had something to prove that a small man can play a big man's game. Mm-hmm. So when I was at Inglewood, now I ran for close to 1,000 to 1,500 yards three years in a row. Wow. I ran a 9-800, and I ran about a 4-4-4-5-40. Now, that's some speed. Well, they called you Roadrunner. Oh, they called yeah. me the Roadrunner. You know, you're the guy that beat us. I went to Muir <laughs> High School. That's it. And we you were the guy. High school. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you, peace, you, guys. You kicked peace. our behinds. <laughs> it was you. Hey. Okay. All I right. tell you. I, I know. But we love you now. anyway. We God. love you. I love you anyway, brother. God okay. gave me some tremendous <laughs> gifts. I just put them into practice, but you got a lot of practice when you know how to run from the popo, the police. That's what we call them, the That's police. Right. Yeah. And so when I got there, I just I, I they broke my my spirit. Now in college, I, I uh, led the nation in kickoff returns. And couldn't understand why I wasn't able to start like I wanted to. Because mm-hmm. now here comes my identity crisis again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. who am I really? If I don't be successful in football, who who they're going to know me as? I'm supposed to be successful. And then when I got to college, there was nobody there to make me go to school. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, all these beautiful women, wow, <laughs> and all the freedom in the parties, wow. Mm-hmm. So it was amazing. And uh, uh. During that time in college, they, they broke my spirit, and, and, I, and, and I didn't have any more desire to play ball. Mm. And so I was taken back to and when I was 17. I told my mother, I said, Mama, I love you, but I don't want to come home and sponge off you mm. like my oldest brother. If I want to be an adult, I want the adult privileges. I want the adult responsibilities. That was just pride speaking. That's all. Mm-hmm. And I, bar- I I graduated from UOP by the skin of my teeth. I had to go to two summer school sessions, and I had to get A's, not A minus, all A's. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I lose my scholarship or I wouldn't graduate. So I did that by the skin of my teeth, and I worked three different jobs making a minimum wage. At that point in time, all my friends used to come by laughing at me. You know, here I am cleaning the windows and mopping, and they're laughing, and they're partying, and they have the girls. So finally, when I got the age of 21, 22 years old, I went into a club and I met a guy and he knew I was fresh in the air for the clubs and he made a proposition to me. He told me that if I would help him sell cocaine and crane, that I get houses, cars, jewelry, fame, power, reputation of women. So I was like, man, that sounds like high school again, only instead of running with a football, I'm running drugs. Mm -hmm. So those things began to accumulate. Then I met a beautiful Hispanic girl. I mean, whoo, she caught my attention. It was the triple take. And they knew me as Billy White Shoes and Ben the Man. But this relationship I had with this girl was one of just sex and drugs. I would chase her through a window. She would hit me with the car. She would catch me and be an intimate with different women in hotels, rooms. There was a physical abuse. There was a verbal abuse. And that's all we had in common. Mm. And uh, one day she came up to me and she says, Darwin, I'm pregnant. Well, you know, I do high school assemblies and junior highs. I speak in prison. I, one of the things I tell the young people is that drugs will numb you to the real issues of life. They'll take you further than you want to go. They'll keep you longer than you're willing to stay. And they'll cost you more than you're willing to pay. So now about this time, uh, this is in about 1985, 
on a May 25th. She's about to give birth to our kids. I'm preparing for an after party. I got my drugs out. People come over Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It wasn't uncommon. The house being packed, back bedrooms being open. And she called on the phone and said, listen, I'm about to bring your kids into the world. Would you please come to the hospital to see your kids be born? And I said, child, I ain't got time for that. So her mother calls, and uh, I don't know why I answered the phone. I, she asked me to take her up to the uh, uh, hospital, so I picked her up, and I took her to the hospital. When I got there, I ran across a ambulance that parked right next to me and bought an incubator out, and I heard a voice that I was not familiar with at all. And uh, it said, this is for your child. Mm. And yeah. so I followed that incubator through the parking lot, through the double doors, got to the sixth floor at Alta Bates Hospital, Berkeley, California. And I hadn't been there before. And I was greeted by a doctor. And he says, you must be Darwin Benjamin. Now, I'm carrying Coke and crank and weed. I've got money in my pocket. All I'm thinking about really is the after party. Mm. And so he takes me inside to the maternity ward. And there I had missed the birth of my kids, and I saw my lady that I claimed to love, but I was a physical abuse, et cetera, was knocked out. I, I thought she was dead, but she was knocked out. She had to have a C-section because she gave birth to twins. Mm. And I went inside uh, the nursery room, and I saw a beautiful half-black, half-Hispanic child. She had my eyes and my nose. There was no denying this was my child. But then that same voice that spoke to me in the parking lot now spoke to me in the, in the maternity ward. says, go around the corner and turn to your right. So I went around the corner and turned to my right, and I wasn't prepared for what I was about to see. I saw another beautiful half-black, half-Hispanic child. She had my eyes and my nose. There was no denying she was my child, but her head was nearly twice the size of a normal child. Her eyeballs were swollen shut. Her mm. chest was crushed. She had a cyst that went from the lower part of her head to the lower part of her back. She was paralyzed on her left side. She had no rectum. Her chest was crushed. And all of her organs were born on the outside of her mm -hmm. stomach. And I'll never forget taking my right index finger and I put it inside the uh, the, the the tray where the, the baby was the incubator, and, and she grabbed it with the right hand. And mm -hmm. though she couldn't speak, the sensation I felt was, "Daddy, wow. oh, daddy, I know it's you. Help me! Oh, how it hurts!" And I pulled my hand away and I touched the drugs. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the drugs that my lady and I had put during the time of her pregnancy has caused my child to be born this way uh, with uh, they're not telling the young people today that they now trace cocaine and crank to the male reproductive system is causing birth defects across america mm. so they counseled us for a while I, I i found myself in a position uh to determine who should live and who should die because they said uh they would need to know if she could survive off the breathing machine on her own at the fifth day i gave them permission to pull the plug the last time I can remember my lady was touching her daughter was when they were taking her away to the special children's hospital. She had to put on a glove as they took her away. And I went down there to see uh, see her, and the doctor greeted me again. And that's when he says, I got good news and I got bad news. He goes, uh, the one is living and healthy, but your daughter's dying. Mm. And I don't know where I got the strength, but I ran through those double doors, and uh, I grabbed a blanket. And I pulled the things on her arms and off her chest off, and I wrapped her up, and I held her in her arm, my arms, and I said, Oh, baby, oh, baby, I'm so sorry mm. what Daddy's done to you, but I'm going to get my life in order. I'm going to see you in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And God was the last thing on my mind. But today I know that seed that was planted in me as a little boy going to church somehow was getting ready to get watered that I understand now. Mm -hmm. For the first time in her five-day-year-old life, 
as she was panting for her breath, and she began to discolor. When I spoke that word, I'll see you in the kingdom of God, she opened up her eyes and locked on with me, eyeball to eyeball. She looked at me, and she smiled, and she took her last breath and just, wow. and died. Wow. Hmm. And, you know, as we look back, and that's several decades ago, Darwin, and, you know, it, uh, it is as emotional now. It affects us now as, as much as it did, uh, I would imagine, in that moment of time when she looked into your eyes and there was that God connection. Yeah. And, you know, friends, we uh, talk here a lot on Lighthouse Live and ABC about um, about planting seeds, yeah. about uh, staying the course, keeping your hand on the plow, and no matter what happens, to make sure that we are in the game, that we're tracking with the Lord, we're keeping our eyes focused on Him, and no matter the circumstances, that we are focusing on God and not the issue. And here it is, just played out in real time, Darwin, that uh, your uh, your mom and dad, for whatever reason, yes. whatever the motivations were, those seeds were being planted. Yes. And it's a, it really is miraculous how God uses those little tiny seeds, no matter what the motivation was, and he's going to use them in a powerful way to not only affect you, but to affect dozens and dozens and yeah. dozens and hundreds and hundreds of uh, of people later on and and this is really the miracle that we're talking about here and and just uh, going to go to break here in just a second Darwin but I would imagine there's some people who may be listening right now who are going yeah man I'm I'm there right. you know I'm at the point in my life now where I might as well give up and there's no hope and and uh, I just can't grab onto anything that uh, is going to give me security. Give us, uh, give us just a word of hope for someone who may be where you were a couple of decades ago. Oh man, I, the word of hope I could give you is if you're listening here tonight, this is not by divine. Uh, uh, this is not an accident. This is a divine appointment. That's right. There's a God in heaven that has allowed some things to take place in your life to get you stirred up to look at him. Mm. I can't find the happiness in the drugs, the money. Those are temporary satisfaction. But if you just cry out to Jesus, if you just cry out to Jesus, say, Lord, I need you now. I need you to help me. I need you to deliver me. I need you to give me hope. I need you to help me in my unbelief and my faith. I guarantee you, I promise you that God will answer your as quickly as he answered me and God will take your tragedy and turn it into a victory Amen. he'll take your setback and turn it into a comeback Amen. and he'll use what the devil intended for bad to glorify his name and to use you as a witness of the miraculous working power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God to tell others get set free Amen. And Darwin Amen. stands before you tonight, dear friends, as a as a thankful man. And we have to be thankful, don't we? In all things, give thanks. We love this song. It's from the Katinas. And we'll be back with more on Lighthouse Live. Mm-hmm. Just a little while longer, want to pray. Can get you off of my soul. Can to say thank you, Lord, just for loving me. Many times I do forget Every need that you met Oh, thank you, Lord I know you're showing me mm, You are 
That's the Katinas here on Lighthouse Live, along with Pastor Mike and Elaine Harlan and our very special guest tonight, Mr. Darwin Benjamin. And and uh, Darwin, you just share so openly and so beautifully, and you're so real. And I'm just looking at the newspaper you brought about the event you guys just had in Manteca. It says, uh, this is you quoting, you said, I had nothing to hold back. 
because I had lost everything. Yes. Well, isn't that the truth? Yes. You know, Darwin, as we're listening to that song by the Katinas, uh, you know, brings to mind Philippians 4. And uh, that, that thank you, you know, um, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. You know, and so oftentimes we forget that. And as we look back, we, we look at what God has done with our lives. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God, yes. you know, and, and then that assurance of the peace of God, you know, what, that is beyond understanding, all human understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that last part, Darwin, as, as we kind of um, segue from some the thank you from the Katinas to mm-hmm. your heart and mind yes. guarded mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. And, and man, in, in, in your life, that has to have been mm-hmm. played out in a real-time way. And, you know, sometimes I'm looking at that thinking, what does that mean? Mm. You know, and, and maybe give, give us a, a reaction from your life. What does it mean to have your heart and your mind guarded by the master of the universe? Because there's nothing else that can guard your heart and protect your heart but the one who created your heart and created you. There's nothing on the face of this earth outside of God's spirit that can protect your heart and protect your mind. Mm. That's why he says, focus on the things above, mm-hmm. and I shall give you perfect peace. Mm. You know, I experience pain when I share this, and I want people to understand it's not one out of guilt and condemnation. Mm-hmm. I accept full responsibility for what it is that I've done, but I'm also grateful yes. that what, 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 had, what took place and what had taken place, I'm grateful that God bought me out of it. Because I know in my own mind, and in my own heart, I try. I, I went to different programs. I tried to stop on my own, and I couldn't. Right. I just couldn't. And that death of my daughter, that picture left in the image of my mind of her dying and the image of when I had the funeral, only one person outside my mom represented me for my little girl. That was a reality check. Mm. It put that I had my morals, my principles, everything was backwards, and it cost me my little girl who didn't ask to be born in that condition, who didn't ask to come in this type of circumstance. But I believe that she was a messenger from God Mm. Mm. and in her death bought me life. And I got to experience firsthand to lose my daughter. Now, I had one other daughter, but this was, I never had twins before. She was the firstborn. There was Natasha and then Darlanda. I got to experience firsthand what God did. He lost his only begotten son. Yes. Amen. That whoever should believe in him shall not die, but have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. I lost my daughter, but yet it bought me life. Yeah. And through that, it connected me with Jesus. He brought me to a situation where he didn't give up on me. He didn't chastise me. He didn't point his finger at me. What he simply said on November 13th, 1988, 7.45 p.m., I ran for three years. She died in 85 when I surrendered all. Mm -hmm. I mean, my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength, nothing else mattered. It didn't matter about me being a drug addict or alcoholic. It didn't matter about me being black. It didn't matter about me being a former athlete. What mattered was if somebody didn't do something in my life, Mm -hmm. I was gone and my baby was gone and it would have been worthless. Mm -hmm. And when I called on his name. When I went to that church, that all-white church, and Donnie Moore was there preaching, meeting your heavenly father, and he called me forward to receive Christ. I didn't understand what that meant. But there was somebody that I knew 
in my party world and who I played college football with that there's no way that he should be there preaching his gospel when he kicked 27 dorm rooms down. He was still the <laughs> squad cars and give people tickets and he did all these crazy things but now he's preaching? Right there I had some hope yes. when I didn't have hope. Mm. God showed me somebody who used to be this way but now he's this way. Mm-hmm. He doesn't belong to the devil. He belongs to God. And I fell in his arms. Yes. And it the the, the the power of God came on me mm-hmm. and God healed me instantly. Mm-hmm. I got to see in the spirit world. God filled me instantly. I'm not familiar with any of those things. But all I knew is that presence changed everything. Yeah. All I knew is that when I was down and out, I'm living on dead end street. My address was zero. People gave up on me. Families gave up on me, but God didn't give up on me. The one I disrespected the most was there, and he said, Darwin, come, I love you. And through his presence, through his power, through his love, through his word, he set me free and allowed me to live again. Amen. And through his son, you will be joined together with that precious daughter again. And that's why I'm thankful. I get to share my hurts and pains because people can relate to it. It, it, this is this is not a one-time shot. This is right. something that's going to last through generations. It's going to give people a reason to say no to the things of the world and yes to Christ. And my daughter's a living example. The twin that lived. That's the mercy of God. Mm. Hadn't been done. It hadn't been changed. And she's got a reason to say no to drugs and alcohol and sexual immorality. Yeah. And so I'm grateful to the Lord for what he's doing and what he's done and what he's going to do. You know, and in, in, in Darwin, I think in uh, in, our, in our westernized version of church, where we tend to compartmentalize things, you know, and and, and really the the way God laid it down is everything's integrated. That's right. You know, everything in our lives is integrated right. together, and and it's we who have kind of compartmentalized things. You know, this is my church box, and this is my work box, and this is my being dad box. You know, but it all all fits together perfectly, and it's it's really interesting to see when we get really authentic and real that's what the new generations are looking at right now because they've heard all the words you know i i think of of jesus confronting the pharisees and matthew you know and one of the most convicting things he says and this is something that i think you know i have to look at on a daily basis he says hey these are your leaders these are your spiritual leaders do what they say Mm -hmm. you could because they they sit in moses's seat and they're qualified to do this but don't do what they do. Exactly. Don't be like them because they're not walking their talk. And I think today, and, and you probably are, are the one of the best experts on mm. this, our young people are looking for that kind of authenticity. Are you walking your talk? That's right. You know, don't don't give me all the words. You know, I've That's heard right. that a bazillion times. Show me. That's it. You know, and I, I would say probably, Darwin, one of the neat things is that God has given you a tremendous story. And through your pain, you're able to, in a very authentic way, in a real way, roll out in real time how God and Christ really does this Second Corinthians 5.17 thing. Old is gone, new is come. That's it. God That's didn't it. waste a single thing back then. Look what he did in Manteca. Thing. Talk to us a little bit about those oh, kids in Manteca. We got to attend seven schools, two high schools. One was a continuation school, and I think it was uh, five elementary schools. And um, we just go in, do some feats of strength, and we share our stories without mentioning the name of Jesus. And then we invite them out at night for free to be our guests, to hear us share our faith in God. Mm -hmm. 
And that's that's the amazing thing, where you can't talk about Jesus on the campus. A little statement such as, you can come out at night, it's absolutely free, but so no one is set, set up, we're going to share our faith. Mm-hmm. So they know what they're coming to hear. And to see the, 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 the building get packed out, to see the kids that you got to counsel and open up with and watch drugs be turned in and mm-hmm. girls saying, I'm going to take a stand and I'm, I'm not going to have sex outside of marriage. Yeah. Even if I fall, I found the strength to say no today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. To see the kids who've been molested and been abused, to see the kid that has low self-esteem, the suicidal kids, the kids get laughed at and made fun of because they don't join gangs or they happen to be bookworms. These kids that come up and open their lives to us come out to the night meeting, but they don't come alone. They bring friends, mm. they bring family, and it was surprising to see administration teachers and them come out. And we do the same thing just to a greater extent with bigger feats, but then we emphasize more on our relationship with God and what God has done with us. And then we extend an invitation for people to come meet our God. And I'm telling you, when you watch these kids come forward, they come broken. Mm. Yes. They're just broken. So we had over 300 plus out of 1,000, 300 plus, I believe the numbers were, came to receive Christ. And 75 came who never, ever received Christ awesome. before, first-time decisions. Awesome. And then the follow-through was they got they came back on a Sunday to hear some of us preach in churches. And then they showed up on Wednesdays. And so now we're going to start some clubs called image-making clubs on each of the campuses. Right. And uh, it's just going to be a phenomenal thing. Isn't that great how, although in the public school system, you're, you're not allowed to mention the name Jesus, and yet God touches yeah. down, yes. and they know it. Yes, They, they know. know the hope when they, they see know. it, don't mm-hmm. they? Isn't that cool? It's like all of a sudden, those who uh, have a uh, an encounter of, with Christ mm-hmm. or they've heard about Christ, they come and they see you do these amazing feats. But I don't think they're really as much attracted to the feet as the greatest feet is they're tripping off their peers paying attention and not acting rowdy. Wow. Amen. Yeah. Like, and then they see them putting, <laughs> putting hoods over their head and they're crying or getting in tune with their emotions. That's They're like, I can't believe. So-and-so, I can't, he sat there. He wasn't disrespectful. He was crying. I mean, that right there to them is amazing. And so uh, it really becomes a great tool that they remember how when we at the night meeting, we share who's the one that really did the touching. Oh, praise yeah. God for that. Friends, you're listening to uh, Darwin Benjamin, and we've got more with Darwin right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, Thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. 
And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. ABC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities, faith in action, pure, simple, proven effective, carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike and Elaine and our very special guest tonight, Darwin Benjamin. And Darwin, we have to talk about the power uh, people, the power things you guys do with all that blowing up those things mm. and breaking this and breaking that. And tell us, tell us a little bit about This will be that. interesting to do on radio. Yeah, you know, we're going to get a visual. <laughs> we're on <here. laughs> television. It's a little bit easier. Uh, well, uh, I, I get subcontracted out. I started off with Radical Reality, and I have my own ministry called Truth Ministries. But I get subcontracted out and to go do the high schools, and they teach us how to do the feats. And we blow up water bottles until uh, they explode. I let them do that now. I don't do that anymore because when it explodes, <laughs> it slaps your face, Ouch. and it just hurts too bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't do that anymore. And, uh, you know, we break the bricks with our forearms and, and our elbows, and uh, Donnie rips the lights in place and breaks the backs over his legs. And we just merely do that as a tool to right, try to captivate right. the kids' attention. But then we just go in and do a self-esteem, anti-drug, suicide, abstinence talk. And you, it's entitled be an image maker or you're an image breaker. Mm. And and we basically go in to the junior highs, the high schools, the continuation schools, and really just as a service unto the Lord 
to help that school take their school where they need to be and to give them a fresh starting point and to support the teachers and what they're saying. So we honor the teachers in the end. Mm. We talk about, Donnie talks about how he ministers to several professional athletes, but those aren't his heroes. His hero is a high school teacher who would pick him up at 6 o'clock in the morning, every morning since he saw Donnie throw a football, and told him that you can do go somewhere with your gift. Mm. And he'll never forget that because at that point in time, Donnie wasn't feeling too good about himself, but that coach believed in him, and he spent time with him. You, you invested know? into his exactly. life, didn't he? Yes. And so we try to, to turn things around to make them realize that the teachers are not your enemies, but they're your friends. They also can be your counselors. A lot of you kids go through tough situations. Your homes are bad. You know what? Your teachers are here. So we that's what we do there, We and we, and we really love doing what we do. Uh, and we help try to bring the community together by getting all the churches involved to impact the community as well as the mm. schools. Yes. yes. I would imagine over time, too, and, and, I, and I applaud the way you're working with the school district. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we in the Amen. Christian community can get um, a little sideways on that, and we've shot ourselves in the foot a lot of times over exactly. this. I would imagine over time, because you have, have approached it with integrity and not violated the parameters, as right. I would imagine there's there's trust now, right? Yes. Oh, yes. The, the, one of the first things that my spiritual dad, Donnie Moore, said to us was this. He says, I love you guys, but you need to know I love Jesus more. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot keep your integrity, you can't be in this ministry. Oh. Now, he believes in restoration. He believes in grace. But... He understands that we are a witness, and if we are coming in to serve and we're asked not to do certain things, then we must honor that because that is a testimony. Yeah. So, yes, very much so. Now, you know, I mean, you're, you're breaking bricks with your forearms and breaking oh, stuff with your head. Now, just a personal question here. <laughs> After a while, that's got to take its toll, right? I mean, oh, yeah, you know? I'm, I'm retired from the feet. I'm, I'm retired. <laughs> we I'm are retired. so glad. Yes. Yes, I mean, I'm understand retired. that's a way to get yeah. the kids' attention, yeah. and it certainly yes. does. I yes. mean, you've got their attention. Yes. You, you've got I, ours. You know, I, we're I'll just jump amazed. up every now and then to do something, but... These feats are getting a little bit too extreme for me, you know. <laughs> I just like to dress nice and go in and talk. That's all, you there know. You Darwin, how can people get a hold of yes. you? I mean, you know, somebody may, and, you know, our, our signal goes all over the mm-hmm. world, and, and the radio signal here goes all over northern central California. How how can folks get a hold of you to find well, out Well, we have a website. Like? It's being worked on, but we still have one. It's very nice. I Thank can you. attest to that. It's called truthministries.us. Mm-hmm. And then you can reach our website, and then our phone number is area code 209-825-5822. That's 209-825-5822? Yes, right. yes. And Truth Ministries. Truth Ministries. Dot U.S. Dot us, U.S., right. yes. If they're interested in the radical reality, they can go to radrealityatintegrity.com, and their number is 209 474 one zero five five. Darwin, can you t- accept donations? Do you, oh, you gladly yes, accept gladly, the support of us? So we can encourage. We live by faith, but gladly, <laughs> gladly we accept Friends, donations. Those extra shekels, yes, yes, would be very, very welcomed. Yes. And where can they send that online? They're online, they can send mail? it online, or they can send it to PO Box seventeen sixty three. 
Manteca, California, 95336. All right. That's P.O. Box 1763. Yes, sir. Manteca, California, and the yes, zip sir. one more. Once yes, more. sir. 95336. Awesome. Darwin, how would you encourage the body of Christ and maybe uh, particularly the fathers that may be listening tonight? Just what, what words of encouragement would you like to uh, impress upon them tonight? You've got such a powerful, inspiring story that you've shared. Uh, you know, I... I, I I come to the cross because I love what you guys do. You know, it's it's about not just an inner wall experience, but an outer wall Amen. experience. And I look at that and I looked at if God himself was willing to leave the comfort of his home, to come down to a place that he knew would reject him, mm. then we must overcome our own personal fears and step outside our comfort zone mm, yes. and walls and reach a community that God says, or world, may I say. It, you, you may not have to attack the world, but you can attack your neighborhood. You can attack the schools. You can attack something. But if God was willing to send his only begotten son to die for a world that would reject him, how much more are we who carry the titles of Christian, who know that we've been forgiven, know that we're born again, and know that God is with us, how much more should we not let down our walls mm-hmm. and go outside to the communities and let our light shine that they may give God our praise? If you're married and you're a father, your kids need you more than what you could ever imagine. Amen. They need you. They need to see the example. They need to see the authenticity that, you know what, son, I'm not all that in a bag of chips. I need God to help me mm-hmm. become mm-hmm. a godly man. Help me to raise you. Give me the godly wisdom and help me to be a good husband to your mama. And I, I want to encourage men, you know, let's stop standing up and let's get down to not theology, but neology oh, and I begin like to seek God. That's right. And your wife and daughter are in ministry with you as Ooh, well. My Darwin. wife and my daughter. Yeah. She is the crutch of the ministry. I am a <laughs> blessed, blessed, blessed man. That's blessed man. Yes, ma'am. I'll tell you what, we are so blessed to have you here tonight. And do you have any prayer requests that we could share with our listeners? As they- you could pray for our ministry. Uh, the thing that our ministry is really hitting now for truth is, we have a, a heavy burden for the men and the women who have been victimized in the areas of abortion. Mm. And uh, we do real-life memorial services. Pray that God gives us favor with pastors because, uh, and I'm not saying all churches, but the majority of the churches are saying they're saved, they come to Jesus, keep it under the carpet, let's not do it back in the past, but they're not, they have been healed. So we're praying for God's favor to allow us to go into the churches to bring healing to those who have been victimized. Amen. Darwin Benjamin, thank you so much for joining us. I like that. Get out of theology and into neology. Thank you, friends, for listening. Have a very blessed week and join us again next time. May God continue to bless you as you reach out and touch others. <laughs>